the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. It is the busiest week of earnings week, which means I'm a boy in a candy store. Markets opened lower. It's also a Fed day. Hmm. You can kind of see how this is going to line up today, can't you? The record doses for the S&P 500 and NASDAQ composite on Friday tell the tale of a stock market that is in good place so far. As I look, the month of July is still lingering, but not for much longer. It's winding down. Whether it can remain in that good place mentally will have a lot to do with what happens today with the Federal Reserve. So we're on Federal Reserve rate watch, which basically means uh, we're waiting around, I would say, the Washington, D.C. area where you're seeing people like Jerome Powell go to his office, and they're going to rabble. Him and the other Fed governors are going to rabble, and they're going to say, how's things looking at San Francisco? How's things looking at New York? How's things looking at Texas? What should we do about the, the Federal Reserve? What should we do with our role? Should we do 25 basis points? Should we do 50 basis points? Should we do nothing? Should we say more is coming? So it's a lot of rabble. This is a week of rabble, to be quite honest with you. We got the restart of face-to-face trade meetings between the U.S. and China, officials in China. We have the Bank of Japan policy meeting, which, albeit important, not as important. Japan, to me, is a good, 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 good uh, image of what could happen in the United States. Their society got old. Our society is getting old. Apple's earnings report comes out this week. That'll be a big one for all tech companies. Are we still spending on high-priced electronics? Federal Open Market Committee policy meeting. The Bank of England policy meeting. Do you see this is a busy week of just raveling? The ISM Manufacturing Index for July. The Employment Situation Report for July. Oh, boy. So by the end of the week, we will be on a new calendar. And that in of itself tells us that Friday, September, 
August too. I'm jumping up ahead a month, huh? August too. We will get the employment report. And all these numbers do mean something. So the Fed, the employment situation, Apple, another round of debates for the Democrats. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, that's fun. It's, um, I don't enjoy the debates. I, I watch them, but you kind of get used to political rhetoric and you kind of just want a filter, an honest filter thrown on these people. What do you do for poor people? We're going to keep them poor. We're going to try. We're going to throw money at them, but it won't work. You kind of wish there was an honesty filter. What do you think about Donald Trump? Well, as president of the United States, he is the sitting president, so I'm not going to say anything negative. Come on, Kamala, say what you really think. So Apple's the big one this week in a week of earnings. But there's others. Exxon and Chevron, for instance, tell us how the world is consuming energy. If we consume energy, we're firing up factories, we're firing up planes, we're firing up cars. We're doing business. I know you probably don't think of a car as business, but it is. If you're sitting at home and not driving anywhere, or if the Uber car's not driving to you and bringing you food, it's going to be problematic. So it's been a decent run so far through the second quarter earnings period. The S&P 500 is close up to 1%. Since JP Morgan reported on July 16th. So you can see that the earnings season kind of stretches. Three weeks, three good weeks. So the market had gotten ahead of itself and it's still holding its gains for the year. That's impressive. Sometimes sideways is not down. Sometimes sideways is kind of relatively up. According to facts that the blended earnings growth rate for the June quarter is negative two six negative two point six percent. It's better than what we were expected, but companies kind of financially engineer their first quarter. Well they engineer all their quarters, to be quite honest. And the way that happens is they report earnings, let's say they report earnings of a billion dollars, and they say, Well, looking at next quarter, we're gonna earn next quarter being the next ninety days, we expect to earn between a billion one and a billion two. And then, 60 days later, right before they're no longer allowed to talk and break the law, giving material information the final 30 days of a quarter, right then, about 60 days out, they go, well, we're going to earn a billion plus 100,000. We're not going to earn a billion one. We're not going to earn a billion two. We're going to earn a little bit less than that. Then they come out and earn a billion and 200,000. And they're going, woo, we beat expectations. There's some of that going on. And that's no good. It makes us look bad. We're still talking a decline in earnings, but of course, we've also been talking for some time how the market has been looking past this reporting period and ahead to the next. The thing that the market has to look forward to is probably lower interest rates. That'll stimulate low in demand across corporate America and individual America in theory. So we're looking at lower rates, but we're also looking at potentially a China deal. Other than that, it ain't looking good. Because the valuations are already high. We can't say we're going to expand multiples. And then so ultimately, I guess the fourth thing is that you're looking at is start thinking about a stock picker's market. Remember, you can pick your nose. You can pick your friends. But you cannot and should not pick your friend's nose. Unless we're in a rubber glove and a, for some needy reason, like there's a mosquito stuck up his nose. So we're not getting that caught up in the negatives. We're not getting that psyched up for potential. 
easy money, easier monetary policy is kind of like crack cocaine. Crack is whack, as Whitney Houston famously said. Or it was Bobby Brown who said that. Bobby Brown probably. Crack is whack, and now you know. I'm just full of service announcements today, am I not? So this week's central bank meeting is going to be interesting for me because ultimately we get the poly decision, we get the explanation by the Fed, and it less to do about Trump and less to do about bluster and less to do about CNBC and less to do about Bloomberg. We actually get the guys talking to her we want to hear talk. We also get the Major League Baseball trade deadline, which kind of comes and goes for me. So uh, hump day this week is going to be a biggie. So we start off with a whimper. We're going to end with a bang by Friday. So now you know. And now you don't really have to listen to the show for the rest of the week, right? Oh, my, oh, my, oh, my. The Lion King. Disney, all-time high. Um, they've made so much money in movie remakes. It, it's stunning. Like They don't even have to come up with original material. And they've got this built-in audience of Americans and worldwide that, like, I remember my childhood... I remember my childhood, like Marlon. Do you remember Marlon in Finding Nemo? His wife dies and all his babies die except for one. They're now saying in conspiracy theory world that really Nemo, which is Latin for means nothing, he too was dead and that Marlon was just suffering from grief so he invented his kid. Because he probably would have died with all the other fish, right? So anyhow, and anyway... um. They could do no wrong. I hope there's no live action Finding Nemo one day because that was a little depressing. Of which Dumbo, very depressing. That was one of the big Disney movies. It didn't really hit that great overall. It did nice, but it didn't do that great. Like Lion King, plus dollars. All time high. You're learning how to invest in stocks. You start with a company like Disney because you've known it since you were a kid, right? Beyond Meat comes out tonight with earnings. Stock's down ahead of that, but we'll see how it plays out tomorrow. Tomorrow could be a big fireworks day. Find me online at Rob Black Show, new website, newfocusfinancial.com. We're making financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. The story that I missed last week and I should have had was the chief technology officer, one of the original founders of Tesla, has said bye-bye to the company and left and moved on. If you look at Tesla's patents in batteries, his name was on many of them. That's a big loss. Success or failure starts at the top. When the San Francisco Giants lose Bruce, but Bruce, Bruce Bochy, they'll have losing a guy who successfully navigated a team to three World Series in five years. That's tough to replace. Now, sometimes you don't have the guns, i.e. The, the players for it. Sometimes you do, and you mismanage it. So the question is, is there enough demand for Tesla? Is there enough you know, uh, guns manufacturing capability, for instance? But Elon Musk came out with, in my opinion, one of the saddest, saddest, saddest press releases. He said, Tesla's soon going to be able to enable users to stream Netflix on YouTube on the car's center display. Drivers will be only able to watch content when the car is parked, but if regulators prove full self-driving technology, that could change too. 
And to get this connection, you have to plug a cord into the back of your neck. Uh, okay, that, that I made up because I was watching Neo. Um, so there's continuous skepticism out Tesla's autonomous driving technology called autopilot. And I think that's the gist of the story. Yeah, you can watch Netflix when you're parked on your phone, too. You don't have to watch it on, in your car. And I think that's just a silly press release. I think what should be said is, why hasn't the autopilot been been enabled by now? Why hasn't it been approved? We've been talking about Tesla for seven years, and they were talking about self-driving cars in 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021. You kind of see how it keeps getting pushed out. Um, drivers will only be able to play videos while the car is parked. So again, what's the point? They have tablets that have streaming availability. They've got phones that have streaming availability. Musks that could change regulars give the green light to the full self-driving technology. Now that's the rub, right? The advanced driver assistance system called Autopilot is supposed to be delivered to hundreds of thousands of cars this year. In April, go back in your Wayback Machine, Stanley. And you go back to April, that's the month after March, it's the one before May, and Tesla CEO said, very confident we'll have an autonomous robot taxis on the roads by 2020. Right. Autopilot currently enables self-driving on highways. It's unlikely that regulators will approve the technology anytime soon. Earlier this month, two consumer advocacy groups called on the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, and the California Department of Motor Vehicles to investigate Tesla's autopilot technology because a couple people have died. Now, what's sad and truthful is some people died yesterday at a, a Garlic Gilroy festival. What's sad and truthful, some people died probably driving to and from it and not by the shooter. It's When will we get autonomous driving? As a father, I really hope more and more of this gets pushed forward sooner than rather than later. Can we be stupid about it? Like the porn couple who had, you know, uh, relations while driving on autopilot? That kind of stuff needs to stop. Can we fall asleep because we are, we're too drunk and have a car home? The police ultimately have to send over a car, get in front of it and slow down, get in front of it and slow down. So we do it, stop, and then find out you're sleeping because you're drunk. It'd be nice if that went away too, right? So Elon Musk's press release, I don't think sometimes does him a favor. Coming up in the next segment, I'm going to be talking about cable stocks and how they could actually be big winners from cutting the cord. Interesting, no? All three models of the Apple's 2020 iPhones will support 5G. That's good. Talking to CFP Chad Burton about 5G. And he sometimes, we're in different locations, and he'll sometimes join me on Skype, and it'll sound... Kind of cracking up. I said 5G is going to help that a lot because it's more, instead of data being shot out, it's kind of data locking on. So 5G is going to be big for technology in theory. Now, we've said that before. Do you remember when we were talking about holograms and stuff like that? That's going to be the next big thing. Uh, virtual reality, augmented reality, still not quite there as far as anything that really says when your mama's on it, that's when it's trouble. Like, Tinder was a hot, sexy thing. And then when your mom gets on Tinder, it's like, oh, mom. And suddenly no one wants to do it. It's like Facebook. 
Facebook was a, a big thing amongst millennials and Gen Xers until the baby boomers got on it, and then every one of us under the age of 50 said, this is no longer fun. So Ku, Ming-Chi Ku, she's uh, probably the most accurate Apple analyst out there. She said that they're going to be 5G support. Apple will need to compete with lower-cost Android phones that have 5G. The 2019 phones expected in September won't support 5G, which basically means I'm not buying a 2019 phone. I'm not going to take it anymore. In June, Ku said only two models of Apple's planned 2020 phones would ship with 5G. Now a third one's being added. I'm not going to take this anymore. Roar! <laughs> I can't wait to be an old man. It's coming. 5G's faster wireless network technology that's just beginning to roll out in the United States. Only a few Android phones currently support it. So there's really no need to have it at this point in time. So that's good that Apple's not dropping the ball on that. Sometimes they've been a little bit slower to add the higher quality parts, waiting for more adaption. Adoption? Oh, boy, that was a tough word for me. For some reason, that did not come out right. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Remember I was talking about Disney and how they just like have the, the uh, money rakes? There's a big controversy now that if you don't have a child, you shouldn't be at Disneyland. I kind of agree with it on some levels, but I wouldn't ever say that out loud. I've got a friend who was 30-something, beautiful young woman, and she'd been dating a guy out of college, high school, no college, for like five, six, seven years, and he got engaged to her at Disneyland, and I'm like, ooh, y'all didn't have kids, and y'all got, went to Disneyland together? That meant last. He should have done Mexico at some resort. He should have done Hawaii at some resort. Maybe you should have got you a puppy and tied around the puppy's neck. But Disneyland? And uh, there's no shortages of photographers willing to capture that moment for you at Disneyland and charge you big dollars for that photo. But with that being said, they never got married. So Disney's made more than $7 billion in the last nine years from reimagining of classics, whether it be Dumbo or Aladdin or The Lion King. They've still got a malficient one coming in October, as well as a Mulan film in 2020. And uh, Lion King's not without controversy. Some people see it as too political. Some see it as the animation was able to cut down on basically murder and death. And it was cute murder and death inside the movie. Um, so there's consensus Lion King wasn't exactly glowing and that Disney had managed to find a way to mess up this track record. But it passed a billion dollars. Um, Aladdin, which debuted on Memorial Day as live action, also had lukewarm reviews, but it crossed a billion dollars, too. So I really would have thought that Will Smith as an Arabian genie would have blown it, would have somehow destroyed it, would somehow have dis killed the magic. But nope, anything Disney touches, it turns to, to gold, whether it be Cinderella, The Jungle Book, Beauty and the Beast, Alice in the Looking Glass, Dumbo, 101 Dominations. Um, they could do no wrong. That's why I like the stock. That's why I own the stock. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, more. Find me online at Rob Black Show or NewFocusFinancial.com. Your comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at RobBlack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money 
on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. A lot of success on Wall Street happens from the way consumers spend their dough, their money, their do re me, their cash, their bling, their 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 jingle, whatever you want to call it, right? So I pay a lot of attention to the consumer. This weekend, the Fortnite World Cup came to a conclusion. Epic Games, Tencent has an investment in the company. A British team won half of the 2.25 million this weekend after placing second with his Dutch teammate in the Fortnite World Cup. Finals took place in New York City. 50 duos and 100 solo players competed for a share of the $30 million prize pool. Whoa. A kid named Jaden Ashman, 15 years old, told the BBC that he started playing Fortnite when it was first released in 2017, and he's been practicing in his room as long as eight hours a day ever since, much to his mother's annoyance. The boy just made more in one tournament than he'll make probably in the next 10 years when he turns 20 and gets a job and works for, from age 20 to 30. So are video games grown up? Have video games come of age? Should moms stop to, you know, harassing their kids? At least he's not playing football and breaking his neck. I know, I know, I know you're saying he's a big fat oompa oompa who's probably deliciously tender because he's got no muscle in his body. Um, but more than 40 million players participated in the qualifying events for the final, which took place at Arthur Ashe Stadium in New York. 50 duos and 100 solo players made it through the final and were competing to take home a cut of the $30 million prize pool. That's the largest prize pool in the history of esports. Money legitimizes everything, doesn't it? Whenever you see like an NFL competitor start up and, and fail, it's typically because they didn't have money to last. Yeah, no kidding. Fortnite's the most popular video game in the world with more than 250 million registered players. It's a free-to-play game. It's where the consumers are right now. It's one of the places. Let me say that. So the kid said, Me and my mom clash quite a bit. She doesn't understand how it works. She thought I was spending eight hours a day in my room, just wasted my time. That's my best English kind of brogue thing. Um, so thank you. Thank you for the Academy Award. I want to thank my mother. Um, but so the kid stays in his room all day long and plays eight hours a day. His mother's distraught. He's not getting, well, he may be getting beat up as a bully. Um, but there's something there. When you pull off a million dollars from playing a video game, I don't know. So suddenly they're playing all that Pac-Man and there, there were no million dollar tournaments for Pac-Man. The good thing there wasn't because I wasn't very good. Um, 800-516-1220. So I just talked about consumers, right? And I want to talk about cable companies at some point in time, but not quite yet. It's a food fight out there. I saw Morgan Stanley named Chipotle its top favorite restaurant name. That's kind of a big stretch for me. First and foremost, call it a restaurant, but it's a QSR quick service restaurant, much like McDonald's and Starbucks and Chipotle. All three soared to all-time highs last week on the back of earnings reports. Now, that's nice, right? For all those jerks out there who's like, Wall Street's a, a roller coaster. You might lose 80% of your money, so you better buy gold right now. It's crap. It's garbage. I hate it. <coughs> I hope those people get, like, lupus. Nah, I'm not wishing lupus on anyone, even them. 
Starbucks and Chipotle shares have now returned 54% and 80% this year. Let's stop and think about that for just a second, ladies and gentlemen. 54% in Starbucks this year? It's a brand name. It's a name I talk about all the time. Whether it be Frappuccinos having a thousand calories in them, or whether it's, it's eggnog latte time, all time high. And it's not that hard to figure that one out, is it? Now, some people will say they've gone too far too fast. Other people will say these are great names that the consumer's unshakable, and you just gotta be patient with them. They're gonna have good years, they're gonna have bad years, but ultimately they're gonna trend higher. Right now, it's playing into the consumer's hand, like, how shall we say, Bambi, some mother eating food out of your hand. Bam! It's that we have low unemployment. We've got rising wages. We've got low gas prices, except for the state of California. Which means more money in the consumer's pocket, which means, hey, let's do a McDonald's run. Let's do a Chipotle run. Let's do a Starbucks run. When you're not doing that well, when you're struggling, you're stealing coffee pods from work. You're stealing toilet paper from work. I have a friend, no, no, I, I wish I could, I could lie to you, that in college she stole toilet paper from the dorms. Not from the dorms, but from, uh, yeah, I guess the dorms. Really? And ba- basically as an adult, anywhere she goes, she steals toilet paper. And I know you're saying a toilet paper klepto. Evil Rob Black likes it. Now, morally conscious Rob Black, socially responsible Rob Black, thinks that's not fair. That's driving prices of, of toilet paper higher for everyone. It's 130% true. But stays at a hotel. She'll, she'll swipe one or two. While she's walking by a cart, she'll grab another, throw it in her bag. So now McDonald's has done a lot of changes to help themselves. They've got this kiosk. They've got all-day breakfast. Whether it's mobile ordering and digital loyalty at Starbucks. Same thing for Chipotle. They're trying to remain relevant with younger customers. We talked a lot about Disney already today and trying to stay relevant with younger customers. You know, with you know the Star Wars films that started to come back out recently after taking a long, proper layoff, it kind of fed into the nostalgia of parents saying, I want to show my kids this. I once loved it. It had awful, awful acting and horrible uh, special effects, but for their time, they were great. And you watch them today, and you're like, oh, that's horrible acting. It's horrible special effects. Maybe one of the reasons Stranger Things is, is doing well is because it's set in the 80s, and it's got a kind of a nostalgic thing where parents could watch with their kids. The best bet on investing right now is the U.S. consumer. Chipotle, McDonald's, Starbucks is showing us that. So what you should do is try to look for stocks that have consumer ability to play into. I'm not sure if that makes any sense to you at all, but the U.S. consumer is the best bet. And I don't even think it's close if you start looking at it elsewhere. So moving forward, I want to talk briefly, and I'm talking briefly about cable stocks. Um, have you unbundled is probably my first question. Have you, have you cut the wire? Cause that, that's kind of an important part of this idea. What's going to happen to the companies that sell cable services is more of us say, you know what? I'll just use Roku. I'll just get 40 digital channels, ABC, NBC, CBS, CNBC, Bloomberg, CNN. And it's probably going to be more than enough for me. And you can cut your cable bill from 160 bucks to it used to be 35 bucks. Now it's 40 bucks, 45, 50. It's 50 bucks. 
to get a slim version. Now, that slim package is what could ultimately make sense for the cable companies. Because they've had a situation where companies like CBS and NBC say, okay, we'll give you, we'll give you CNBC if you take NBC's uh, Universal Films. And we're like, we don't really want that. How about the Golf Channel? So carriers like ABC, NBC, CBS have been able to negotiate and say things like, or Fox, we'll give you Fox TV. We know everyone wants Fox TV, but you also have to take Fox Sports 1, Fox Sports 2, and Fox Business. So in the era of Netflix, Hulu, HBO, ESPN+, Fox Nation, Pluto, Tubby, and other streaming services, cable is starting to fade, but death is not imminent. Fair to think about. AT&T reported a second quarter loss of 778,000 premium subscribers. That's huge. Comcast lost 209,000 video customers in the second quarter. More and more people are cutting the cord. Throw in Dish Networks, Verizon, Charter Communications, and Altice, and you have about 8 million subscriber losses in just the last two years. Now, investors aren't punishing Comcast. Its stock is near an all-time high, and it's a big cable player. Same for Charter. Losing video subscribers actually boosts their profitability because, you know, ultimately they have very low margins because the media companies make them bundle everything together. So their average revenue per user is going higher. As more customers drop video, they're also ordering more video on demand. So it's kind of interesting the way it's playing out because you would think it would have been the death knell for them, but it's the lowest profit margin that they have. So live streaming internet TV options like AT&T's DirecTV, Google's YouTube TV, which I use, but the virtual TV bundles are no magic cure for what else pay TV, which is a way for price increases has made these services less appealing. DirecTV now packages run 50 to $85 a month and all others like YouTube TV, Dishes Link TV, Hulu with Live TV, Sony PlayStation View, Philo and FUBU TV have all raised prices at least once and in some cases twice since the beginning of 2018. Then you add in the cost of internet access and suddenly the TV bundles don't look all that different from traditional cable in structure or price. You know, my cable internet bill is what, 80 bucks a month probably? You throw in the $50 for YouTube TV and it's 130 Now, again, 160 will get you more TV stations and cable, but only for one room. But Comcast is trying to fight that. So it's going to be interesting to see because there's a lot of networks that we don't need and they've been bundled together, like Bravo, USA Network, Oxygen, Sci-Fi, TNT, TBS, CNN, Cartoon Networks. That's going to be the, the bad thing for programming. Is some of the, the ancillary stations that used to have life on cable, they're not going to get life on, on bundles. Anyhow and anyway, and it'll make everyone more profitable. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show. Find me on my new website, newfocusfinancial.com. There's a big update to it and a lot of good downloadables at newfocusfinancial.com. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. 
I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, more. I'm not a big conspiracy fan theorist, but I do believe if there are conspiracies out there, a lot of them are tied up in our government. Um, and let me give you an example. Sometimes when we poll for unemployment, if you send your researchers to, how shall we say, um, fantasy land where everyone has a job, everyone's young, everyone's making good wages, your poll's going to be different than if you send them to Ghettoville where no one has a job and there's no wage inflation because there's no jobs to compete over to push wages higher. I think polling could be, be, be skewed. So one of my conspiracy theories is the Federal Reserve and the Trump economy. Now, you remember there was Obama, Omics, Reagan had trickled down, like, yeah, Gore invented the Internet for Clinton and kind of things like that. There's, there's ways that you can look at different periods of economic boom or bust, and you can certainly tie them to certain presidents, right? This one, we're sending Steve Mnuchin to China, and the China thing has been going on for two years. But the economy is doing well for two years, so we don't really need it yet. For lack of a better word, perhaps it is a Trump card that we could play later. Maybe the federal government, being headed up by Donald Trump, said, let's get the Federal Reserve to see this global war for what it is, a slowdown in economic activity. Then they cut rates. That will stimulate the economy a little bit more. Then we'll pull off this, this China deal. You're like, oh, man, that's that's pretty good. You got the rate cut and the China deal. You could have just done the China deal. Everyone knows the China deal is going to get done. Or is it? I kind of feel that could be a conspiracy theory. Beyond Meat once sold chicken. No one cared for it. So they started selling beef. Could this happen again? Beyond Chicken Strips were the company's first product. They quietly discontinued its frozen chicken strips earlier this year. Um, so they don't touch everything that turns to gold. There was no vegan trumpeter playing taps when the vegan chicken thing came out and was gone. But with that said, the Beyond Chicken Strips came out in 2012, and by 2013, the product could be found in Whole Foods. Bill Gates, Bill Gates was a believer. He threw money um, the direction, as was Twitter co-founder Biz Stone. Which, for the record, if you have chicken strips that are frozen, if you put ketchup on it, they all taste the same, right? I'm not a big fan of ketchup. To me, ketchup just tomato and sugar. Just go with tomato. Yeah, make your own little... Uh, I know. You're saying, please, please, please don't tell me how to eat. Um, so they didn't really quite resemble chicken strips. And that was a little bit of an issue. So Beyond Meat coming out later today with earnings. If you get a chance and you're a vegan or if you get a chance and you're an investor or you get a chance and you're a millennial or if you get a chance and you hate cows with their methane, listen to the conference call. It'll do you good, in my opinion. Uh, Boeing, a Ryanair CEO, i.e. someone who flies planes for a living, said Boeing better get their SHI uh, together as a warning. 
basically saying this is dragging on too long. And you, you, they're saying flights for Christmas are going to be hurt. So you may want to figure out your Christmas travel plans sooner rather than later, if you believe in all this. Again, conspiracy theories. Elsewhere out there, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing and more. Pfizer is going to combine two drugs. And this is a, a fun thing that drug companies do. Um, they combine two different drugs to keep it off patent. Um, but also, what you're starting to learn is there's a lot of off-patent drug businesses that could actually make sense for a company like Pfizer to market. So that's kind of shaping up as a story out there of how will the pharmaceutical companies deal with the fact that they get orphan drug status, which basically means if they come up with something that puts hair on my head, like Propecia, that they're able to market it and sell it only by themselves for seven years in the United States. And then it becomes off patent, and then suddenly anyone can make it. That's how CVS, Walgreens, and those companies do like uh, allergy medicines for you know a tenth the price of the big pharmaceutical companies that developed them. Pfizer's merging its off-patent drug unit with Mylan in a stock swap deal to form a new entity to be 43% owned by Mylan's shareholders with Pfizer. Elsewhere, BlackRock, the asset management firm, is in talks to buy cybersecurity company CoFence. BlackRock already owns a stake, and the talks come after U.S. National Security Panel reportedly asked another stakeholder to sell its stake because of unnamed security concerns. Computer security is not going to go away. Financial security of like protecting banks and credit cards is not going to go away. Very still, very hot sector. Although PayPal got an interesting downgrade today, which I haven't been able to read the whole report. When I do, I'll report for it here on this show. Um, basically, I think there was something in there about cryptocurrencies potentially being a problem for companies that are trying to... But see, the cryptocurrency would be folded into their platform of sending money left and right. But like Venmo is not very profitable because people are just sending money back and forth with their friends where there's no fee. Domino's Pizza was rated sell in new coverage by Deutsche Bank. We talked about this last week and how DoorDash and Grubhubs are, are hurting their business because it used to be they were the only game in town to bring food to you. Now you can get food from your favorite restaurant brought to you. Gilead Sciences was upgraded. The drug maker's shares to top pick from outperform pointing to a new leadership at the company and a number of previously noted overhangs that are now out of the way. I like Gilead. Um, it almost makes me want to pick up smoking so that they can cure my cancer later in life. It's a joke, but that's how great they're doing with cancer drugs. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show, and a brand new spanking website with lots of downloadables and blogs, newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.